What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Football Outside the Box podcast, where we discuss the past, the present, and the future of football. So, now that the season is over, the transfer talk is building up very incredibly, and probably one of the biggest news so far today, Paul Pogba, sure we expected this though, has confirmed pretty much that he is going to be leaving Man United. So what are your takes on this as a Man United fan yourself? Would you Are you happy about this? You're happy to get him off the wage books or are you kind of disappointed in how everything played out? He's, I mean, he's a, he's a good player, no doubt. It's, it's not great to be losing a great player, a player of his caliber, again on a free transfer. But like you said, it's been coming for, I mean, you could even say years, you know. I just hope he doesn't leave now and start running his mouth about the club, which I feel he has a tendency to. I mean, we've seen him do that even even when he was already employed by the club how you know he felt the club didn't build around him or whatnot or how his the tactics don't fit him or whatever but i mean talking about wages he was one of the highest paid players cavani's left as well jesse lingard probably not to that level of the wages but he's gone as well a lot of wages are freed up from just from those three players leaving and I, I expect to see more players leaving so i mean it has to be a fresh start i think i mean we always say that when the new manager comes in but we'll see how how far this this can take us so talking about these players leaving there's also as you said you expect to see that players come in now as a result One of the major talks right now is Frankie de Jong from Barca, who seems like he'd fit nicely with Ten Hag, former Ajax player, quality player in my opinion. I think he would suit the system well. He did come out recently and say that he wants to fight for his place at Barca and play for them essentially, which to me is never good news if you're targeting a player and they don't seem very urgent to join your club. But as far as the quality, I don't think there's any doubt in that. How would you feel if you guys ended up pulling off that signing? I mean, I'll be happy. I'll be happy. But I mean, the, the amount that's being discussed right now, I think it's at least 60 million pounds. That, that's a lot of money. That's a big portion of our, our budget this year or this summer. And he's not, he's not the CDM that we're necessarily looking for or that we've been needing for a while. He's great at ball carrying, but he's not the sole pivot kind of guy that you know we, we really need. We've been crying out for for the longest time, going back to even the Marino days. So... I don't want it to be another mistake where 
you know, we, we've signed Pogba and then just hope that he would be our savior. And it, we saw how it, it turns out. He hasn't lived up to the, to the billings that he came into the club with or the expectations. So that's the only thing that worries me. I mean, it's not great that he has a 10-inch boner for Barcelona, but I mean, that's his dream club. You know, he, he's, he said it himself. And I think the only pull that we have is that we have a manager that's really developed him into the player that he is. So I don't know. I mean, it's never a good look, you know, having to convince a single player this much to join the club. But I mean, a player of that quality might be worth it. You know, but provided that we surround him with the right players around him in the midfield. Well, here's the thing with United at the moment. To be honest, we have no idea what they're going to come with. A whole new manager. We have not seen how he wants to implement the team or what style he wants to bring to United or how he's going to approach anything really. So to me, it just seems like his targets are just players who he seems familiar with rather than, okay, this player is going to contribute to the system in this manner. Maybe he is. We can't fully say because we haven't seen it happen yet. But right now, it just looks like he's going with familiarity. And to me, I'm not sure if that is convincing enough for me. I mean, not that I really mind too much. I obviously don't want Manu to do well. But if I were supporting Manu, I don't know if I'd be convinced by that signing. It just, again, it seems a bit commercially, in my opinion. I know Pogba was... I mean, as commercial as it gets. Honestly, it was probably one of, if not the main reason he was signed to Man United. But it just doesn't feel like they're going away from that at the moment. But we'll see. There's other targets as well. They spoke about Timber, the Ajax defender. He's potentially coming in for 30 million, apparently, which. I don't know if I'm convinced by that. It just seems like they're trying this smart, cheeky signing of, of these Ajax players. Not necessarily just Ajax, but players of that caliber where they're not necessarily proven, proven at Europe's top five levels, but they have potential to prove themselves and they've done well for their clubs. Trying to think of how I would word this type of signing, but... I think you kind of get my drift where that's concerned. But well, I mean, I think on top of the familiarity, I think he's going for somebody he can develop. I don't maybe develop is not the right word, but somebody he can start a team around. Not in a sense where you know you would sign a player like like a Van Dyke or and you would build a team around him, but you develop a team with the players that you want and the players who are young enough in their careers or at the early stages of their careers who can really fit into the style that he plays or he wants to play. How much better can you get than a Frankie de Jong who's 
carried the Ajax team to the Champions League semi-final. And Timber, uh, one of the best young defenders in the world right now. But does it not feel like another Van de Beek type of situation where they come in with all this promise, they're meant to be this like cool, creative type of signing where it's cheeky and they got this kind of gem and then it becomes underwhelming over the course of the season where they're forced to loan him out. To be fair, Manu fans did want to see Van de Beek hit the lineup a lot more often than he did. He didn't really cement himself in the squad. So do you not see that as a possibility for these potential signings coming in? No, I mean, I think that's different though because Van der Beek was, I mean, we I, I read the report that he wasn't even considered a target until he was made available for that price. And I think it's very different in that I think Ten Hag knows what he wants rather than you know, him going for a signing because they're available at a certain price, which certainly looks like the case with Van der Beek. And not just that, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer never really knew about Van der Beek. He never, he's never had a season or two with him. Whereas Ten Hag, he's had a few seasons with both Timber and De Jong. You know, when managers move to different jobs, not just to coaches, you know, I know, a lot of top level coaches have their entourage of coaches that they can trust and they can delegate the, delegate the tasks to. But on top of that, a lot of the coaches have players that they, they can trust. You know, I mean, I'm going back a few years, but look at Jose Mourinho from Porto to Chelsea. When he moved there, he signed Ricardo Carvalho to Chelsea. And then when he moved to Real Madrid, he signed a very old Carvalho by that point in 2010, I believe. And he excelled in that team. So I think it's just about familiarity. You know, he's coming into a new club, a new league. I think he, he's going to need these kind of players that know what, what he wants for or what he wants in a team or a player. So I don't necessarily look at it as uh, just a negative one. I'm not here sitting, you know, overly excited about the signing. I, I try not to be, you know, be as objective as possible. But I don't think it's all negative like that. I don't think it's, I think it's a totally different situation from trying to make. Speaking of familiarity, another signing that was quickly done to my disgust, honestly, because I'm honestly, I've always been quite a big fan of this player, actually. Ivan Perisic signed to Tottenham. That that one really hurt me because he's a player even from several years ago before this new Arsenal look was a thing. I've always been a fan of him. I've always wanted to see him at Arsenal. I think he just offers a lot of experience. He has a lot of quality, uses both feet. He can score, assist. He can even do well in the air. Yeah, he's tall. And Tottenham have signed him and he's now working again with Kante who would talk about that familiarity that was a big part of what made that deal happen on both ends to be fair Perisic came out and said he's happy to work with Kante again I can't lie I'm a bit jealous of that and I'm worried about that because I think he's a dangerous player do you think 
he's going to come out banging like that? Or do you think that this could be kind of a disappointing one where it's towards the end of his career and he doesn't really do what you would expect of him? Maybe similar to like uh, when Llorente signed for them. I mean, he's, he's what, 33, 34? He's... As we know, he's worked with uh, Conte at Inter Milan the season prior to this. The thing with Perisic signing is that it's obvious that they're they're they have to go for it now. You know, Conte is gonna only be here for two three years at most, uh, three years even pushing it. In two years, Perisic is 35, 36. In two years, Harry Kane is over thirty. Son is already approaching 30. In two years, he's 32, 33. The way that the way Conte leaves his, his teams that he manages after his departures, a lot of these teams are not in a good situation. Let's put it that way. Sorry, hold on one second. When you say go for it, what do you mean? Go for a title, whether it be the league, which I, I don't, I mean, I'll have to see more who they can bring in. No chance in the Champions League. Conte is is a known bottler in the Champions League or any cup competitions. Or maybe not any cup, cup competitions, at least in the Champions League. You don't bring in Conte to rebuild your team. Conte is here to win now. And it's if I were a Tottenham fan, the next two years or a year, it, it will be a very worrying one for me. Because if you don't win it now, your team is going to be in a much worse shape than it is now when Conte inevitably leaves. Boy, <laughs> if that's the case, Tottenham are trying their best to stop that trophy joke with them, but that's going to be tough. I think these challenges in England are just, it's, it's too big. Maybe a cup competition if they really go all out for this League Cup or something, but I don't know. I, the Premier League, forget it. Just simply forget it. I mean, here's the thing, though. I, I look at Tottenham and say they're, they're a one-trick pony, as in they can break down these lines or break through these lines uh, on, a, on a counter very well. You know, I don't think any other team is on their level when it comes to that kind of attacking play. But that's really it for them, you know? I guess you could say Perisic playing as a wingback. We know how key... The wingbacks can be to Conte's system. Regulon is, I mean, he, he said it himself. You know, he's never played as a wingback. And you, you can see it. When he gets into the final third, he looks lost. Let's put it that way. He's more of a, a fullback kind of guy. He doesn't really fit in the system. Sesenio, still not convinced by him. He, he's a very young player. You know, I'm not. And he, he's, he's had a pretty, you know, bad history of injuries as well. So Perisic coming in could be the difference maker when, you know, all they know how to do now is to break teams down on the counterattack. You know, Perisic can offer a lot of things. Aerial threat, great crosser of the ball, great energy. He can run for days. He's very quick as well. I think it's a, it's almost a match made in heaven for Tottenham and what they need right now. Do you not think that he could struggle defensively, though? I, I mean, it's just a whole different ballgame where 
they're not going to be pressing all the time. Teams may want to target him as a defender. Wingers is going to be very dangerous if like a guy like Rafinha, for example, exploits that space behind him. It could open up gaps for Tottenham. Unless you're going to tell me that the three at the back is going to secure things and maybe a defensive midfielder like Hoiberg can help and cover. But I could see problems here defensively. I don't know if you agree with that. I mean, yeah, I mean, of course there could be. But I don't think Conte's system necessarily requires the wingbacks to be the best defenders in the world. You know, they have enough cover, whether it be in the form of a centre-back. Their centre-back issues, their depth is a little questionable there. You know, Romero is the standout defender, right? Surrounded by Eric Dyer and Ben Davies. Ben Davies had a decent season. I mean, as we know, he's a left-back by trait who's playing as a left center back in a back three. Eric Dyer is not good enough defensively for me. So when you talk about defensive concerns, it's expected from Perisic or Adokwiti or whoever plays on the right wing back. It's the cover that worries me for Tottenham because if Romero's out, Sanchez is coming in and we know how rash and not stable he can be as a center half, but they're also being linked with Bastoni, the inter defender. Bastoni, famously known for being used in a one on one training drill to develop Lukaku's hold up ability. If he gets signed, he's very quick for a tall defender. He's a very solid defender, but we'll see. But you can see with Tottenham, with the connection with Antonio Conte and the I think it's their director of football or CEO. No, not, not the CEO. That's Daniel Levy. Uh, it must be the, the director of football, Fabio Paratici. I think that's how you say his name. You can see that connection with the Serie A teams coming in. You know, they signed uh, most famously Bentancor and Kulosevsky for a bargain. <laughs> you look at it now, they've pretty much, they were the key factors in Tottenham qualifying for the Champions League. Um, even going back to last summer, Christian Romero coming over from uh, the Italian league and now Perisic being linked with Bastoni. And they've all pretty much paid off so far. So, and Paratici famously coming from the Juventus setup. Uh, it, it looks like it's working, you know, that connection with the Italian league. But we'll see. We'll see if that trend can continue. Let's see. A lot of questions to be answered from Kante and Tottenham in general. But who knows? Maybe it works. Maybe they just go too much in one side and they miss out on opportunities in other areas, in other countries, in other leagues that maybe were a better solution and a better fit for what they are trying to do. But as we always say, we will see. Moving on to Aston Villa confirming the signing of Diego Carlos from Sevilla on a four-year deal. Any thoughts on that? I know you personally absolutely despise Tyrone Mings. And Enzer concert to me, is average. He's all right. Not super convincing for me in terms of what Villa are talking about. They're talking about trying to make Europe eventually. Diego Carlos... What are your thoughts on this? 
well, I think Aston Villa are the talk of the town right now. They finished what a bottom half of the league, and they've signed a, a starting center back from a team who finished second in La Liga and who's gonna play in the Champions League next season. They've also signed Bubakar Kamara on a free. You know he was being linked with a lot of big clubs, including United, and they've confirmed the permanent signing of Felipe Coutinho um, a few weeks back as well. I don't think that he replaces Tyrone Mings, Diego Carlos, just because of the fact that he's right-footed, I believe. But I mean, I mean, look at their midfield now. You know, Kamara, McGinn, Douglas Luiz. That's a pretty decent midfield for for a middling club. You know, obviously not the level of City or Liverpool, but I mean, this just tell, shows you how. Big of a pull the Premier League has. How can can you imagine a club like you know, Mainz, who finished I think twelfth in the Bundesliga, taking a cent Joe Matip, or Joe Matip is a little old, taking away John Stones from from City, you know that, that that's unheard of. I, mean, I think that's crazy how Aston Villa were able to convince Diego Carlos to join their club over Seville. What's the pull? What is the pull? I mean, is it Gerard? Is it a project that they're pitching to these players? What is it? I mean, it must be. You know, I remember in the winter transfer window, he was being linked with Newcastle as well. I don't know the full story behind it. I don't know if Newcastle refused to pay the full price that Seville was looking for. But I mean, I mean, obviously, Felipe Coutinho, he has the connection with Gerard. From his playing days, and to mention the connection with Gerard, they're being linked with Luis Suarez as well. I mean, Luis Suarez, of course, not up to the level he was at his peak, but I mean, he's a big name signing. Again, he's he's pretty old, but still, it's it's not it's unheard of, and I think it has to be down to money as well. A big part of it has to be money, you know. Like I said, Mainz, who finished twelfth in the Bundesliga, are not able to pay this much money and this much in wages to Coutinho or Diego Carlos, or perhaps maybe even Luis Suarez. Yeah, that's pretty insane stuff. Well, let's see how it works out. Because remember, last summer Villa went and they—I mean, obviously they sold Grealish, but they did reinvest that money. And you could argue that those signings didn't have their best first season when Dia. Leon Bailey and Danny Ings. You could argue that they didn't live up to what they were expected of. But again, first season, I don't want to make any early claims and say that's necessarily a waste of money. But moving forward from here, this is where we start to look at them and say, what's going on? Are they going to step up? Are they going to get the results that this is going to help Villa get to where they need to be. They said it last summer. They, We know they've received £100 million from City for Jack Grealish. The CEO came out and said it himself. He said, we're, gonna, we're not going to rely on one player to fill the gap that's been left by Grealish, but rather we're going to look to sign a few quality players and hopefully they can all work together to fill that gap, which it hasn't worked out. You know, Leon Bailey... 
so injury prone. His quality is still yet to be seen in the league. Danny Ings, again, injury prone. I think his quality is up there as a striker, but of course, not top class. And Buendia, he's a top class championship attacking midfielder, but maybe perhaps a bit average in the Premier League level. But the signings that they're going for this year, it looks like a step above what they were going for last summer. You know, Coutinho, we know his class. He's getting up there in ages, but still. Diego Carlos, he's been getting heavily praised alongside Kunde in their run for the La Liga title, which failed, but still. And Kamara, uh, maybe a little question mark there on him. But I mean, I think they need to go for that, that real class and the real quality, uh, not just you know, try to go for three, four middling level players to try and fill that gap because it's obvious. I mean, we saw two seasons ago, they rely so much on Jack Grealish. The players just give the ball to Grealish and say, come on, do something for us. You know, that's what it felt like a a lot of the times. And safe to say it, it just hasn't worked out their plan to replace him. That's as far as the transfer news goes, really. I do want to ask you, I want to touch a little bit back on our first transfer mention of this episode, which was Pogba. I still want to get your thoughts on this fully as a Man U fan. Mismanaged? Was it just a mistake? Did he not get the tools needed to succeed? What was it? Or were you pleased with how how his career ended up at Man United. Because to me, yes, he did help you guys to win a Europa League. But to me, as far as what was paid for at the time and for what the expectations were, what the hype was, how he was being rated at the time, he was rated as one of the world's best midfielders. I still don't know why he was rated as one of the world's best midfielders throughout his whole career, honestly. But what is your take on it? What was your take on it throughout his career and what is your take on it now with hindsight? I mean, to be honest, well, I'm going to just fill in a backstory real quick because uh, when I was at school, you know, the team came to my school for a a training camp in preseason. And, you know, I mean, as a fan, I'm waiting there to get to maybe hopefully meet the players you know, and get get their autograph or whatnot. And then I was there, I was talking to one of the security guards for, for the club. And what he told me was very interesting. If you remember, the transfer saga for Pogba went on for months and it was only finalized at the end of August or right before the start of the season. I remember because he couldn't play the first game because of some suspension from Juventus carrying over. But when I was talking to the security guard, he said, Oh, you know, Pogba was at Carrington in May after the FA Cup final. He signed, he took pictures and all that, and he, he was gone. And, you know, the, the journalists and the club itself, United, they were milking this story for the whole summer, even though it was already finalized right after the end of the FA Cup final, which I thought was pretty interesting because... It's like you said, it's obvious this guy is 
I mean, his quality is up there, of course. But I think the main thing that we were looking for at the time was a commercial signing. Like you said, I think at the time that was the first season of Mourinho, he wanted Kante. We know the story. He preferred Chelsea, so he chose Chelsea. But Kante and Pogba, they cannot be much different if they wanted to be. You know, they're totally different type of players. For Mourinho to ask for Kante and get a Pogba in return, I mean, of course, Pogba is a great player. But Pogba was not, I guess, what he was looking for. Because if you remember, even the first season, there were talks of Pogba should not be playing this deep. You know, he was playing alongside Herrera, I believe, in the first season. That was before we signed Nemanja Matic. And, I mean, that just shows you. Ed Woodward, the, the first thing that he thought of when he was this, still the CEO was how much value can this signing bring to our club? Not on the footballing side of matters, but commercially, money, financially. Not how well does this guy fit into the team right now? So I guess you could say, even from the first day, he was destined to fail. He had a decent first season. I think it's clouded by the fact that we won the Europa League. I didn't think he was that great in the first season as well. In the second season with the signing of Matic, we thought this might be you know, the way to unlock him. But then the thing with him is that he gets injured you know, for a long spell. At least once a season. We saw it this season. He injured his thigh. 17-18. He was injured for a long time. Um, and he only came back for right in time for the Champions League quarter or round of 16 against Seville, I think. So, I mean, that's just my take on it. I think he was destined to fail from the, from the get-go. Of course, he hasn't lived up to the hype. He hasn't shown his his top level ability that he had shown at Juventus. You know, there, there were lots of talks about how Marquisio, Vidal, and Pirlo, they were helping Pogba to really unlock his ability. And we didn't have that. And of course, this, the club side has some sort of blame to take as well. But I've never seen a player get this much excuse and this much... I'll just put it as an excuse saying... Oh, you need to sign this guy to unlock this guy. You need to put him in this position. You need to play him up here. You need to play him there. Since when did one player get such consideration over who gets signed next to him, who plays next to him, what position he plays in? Yeah, I see what you're saying. If you're that good, you shouldn't need all this level of accommodation in order to excel or perform. And you made an interesting point to say that they were looking for a Kante type, but they ended up getting a Pogba. And it's something that I've always thought to myself. When I first remember that Pogba was coming to Man United and, you know, the hype was there, the promise, everybody's saying, oh, he's going to bring Man United to all this glory and one of the best midfielders in the world is coming. And I think everybody was looking for Pogba to be almost like a Vieira, to be this midfield dominator, enforcing, strong, winning the ball, making stuff happen as well, doing almost everything. And 
that just truly wasn't what he was. What that's that's all fine. Why why did people think he was going to be like a Vera though? And then on top of that, from a commercial standpoint, if it was all for commercial reasons, why is Pogba such a commercialized player? Like somebody, one of the listeners tell me, you guys tell me, is there something about him that's marketable? I get Neymar. I get why Neymar is marketable. He's a flashy player. He's very skillful on the ball, very tricky. He has a lot of flair. It's almost like a circus when he's on the field sometimes. Like he's just putting on this show. It's like Harlem Globetrotters at times. So that is understandable to me. Pogba though, yes, he has skills sometimes, sure. But not to the level like a Neymar. Neymar is literally rainbowing people on the field. That is literally unheard of. Nobody does that. To me, Pogba, yes, he has skills and glimpses of flashiness, but it's never something that's like out of this world, in my opinion. So somebody tell me, what is so marketable about Pogba? And please don't tell me his haircuts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. It's He's probably going to go back to Juventus. I, I mean, another storyline for him, I guess. Homecoming, a second homecoming to Juventus. Best of luck to him. You know, it's... I think we both failed each other. The club failed him. He failed the club. Simple as. Watch him go back there and succeed. <laughs> that would be classic Man United right there. Him and Jay Lings. That's another era. Done. He's also a marketable type of player for me. I mean, he started his own clothing brand, literally. While he's at the club. Like, what? I, I don't... You asked about Pogba. I don't get why Jay Lings is so hyped. You know, I don't know what the right word is. So marketable. He, he's a he's a big name. For what reason, though? He, he hasn't really shown it on the field to the level of Pogba. You know, so I don't know. Yeah, he's more of a fashion icon to me, if anything. Yeah. Since when did he become that? How did he become that? You know, you would expect that from a player who's shown in, enough in the game. But Jesse Lingard just simply hasn't. You can see why Roy Keane gets pissed at this type of shit, honestly. He must be looking back at Manu like, can you believe I used to captain this fucking club? Like, honestly, he'll be embarrassed to see that Pogba and Lingard were stepping on the field. But anyways, hopefully for your sake that changes. In my sake, hopefully y'all remain the same where that's concerned. You have any other thoughts or anything you want to mention? Um, no, I think that will pretty much do it for today's episode. You heard it from him, folks. That's about it. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave a rating if you want to. And of course, the link to our Facebook page is in the description as well as the bio. DM us, write us a message, leave us a comment on the Facebook posts. We want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, let us know what you guys think are some interesting transfers that... Let us know some interesting transfer rumors that you guys see coming up. Let us know what you guys think would be some good signings for your club. And send this episode to one friend. Tell them, show them the way. Show them that. Show them this conversation about Pogba 
and about transfers in general. And remember to tune in again to our next discussion. Turn on your notifications as well. And thank you very much. Thank you as always and peace out.